I think there's such a lack of thought goes into ultimately what is um, our job as a boss, and that's to help somebody be successful. This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience. Whether you call yourself a PT, a physical therapist, or a physiotherapist, and wherever you're listening to this right now, this is for you. It is me revealing everything I can to help make you a more successful business owner. Thanks for listening. It means the absolute world to me. Hey, podcast listeners. It's Caitlin here, and I help members of the Paul Goff community systemize their online marketing so they can take their clinic to the next level. And I'm excited to bring you today's episode of the Paul Goff Audio Experience. Being the boss of your own company comes with not only a lot of responsibility, but also requires strategy in order to be successful. In this episode, Paul shares details from chapter three of his book, Leadership in Private Practice. And he explains the three most important elements that staff need from their boss. If you're a business owner who has trouble connecting with their staff, then this podcast is for you. And if you're looking for more help, go to the resource itself. Paul's leadership book will challenge you to rethink and reorganize your view of business leadership and discover what you need to do to create a profitable private practice. You can buy the book at paulgoffbooks.com. Now, let the show begin. Another episode of the, um, what should we call this, quasi-podcast uh, live stream. We are on YouTube right now. We are on LinkedIn. We're on uh, Instagram. We are on Facebook. Uh, we're pretty much all over the world. So welcome. It is another uh, wonderful Friday afternoon from um, from Orlando. Beautiful day. It's a little a little cold today in Orlando. It's dropped to 65. Uh, don't feel too sorry for us. It's up to 70s again at the weekend. Uh, so it is, yeah, it's great to be here. It's Paul with you. Uh, we're going to have a good conversation for the next half an hour 45 minutes i can see people coming on facebook already type into the chat let me know that you're there um the guys on facebook um you guys are great for these sessions because you can give me some questions that we can um really have a great discussion about uh today's topic which is going to be uh leadership we're going to talk about leadership and ultimately the vital ingredients in getting more from your people, more from your team. It's a big topic. Uh, it's a subject that's um, often taboo. Um, it's a you know it's a, a thing in business that you think if you just get enough patience that everything will be all right in your business. And um, one fine day every uh, business owner wakes up uh, finding him or herself with uh, these things called employees, these things called um, staff that are um, are there with you that uh, you never really give much uh, thought to uh, because you thought it was just all about getting the patients and all of a sudden you realize you need more people in your team to help service and support your team. So they are a huge uh, vital ingredient in uh, your success as a business leader. Um, and we're going to talk today about that um, and really discuss chapter three of my book, uh, chapter three of the Leadership in Private Practice book. If you haven't got a copy, head over to paulgothbooks.com. We're on Amazon as well. Uh, we're now, uh, I think we're now north of 5,000 copies of the book. So we are really flying. We're going to try and get to 10,000 um, in the next couple of months. So uh, thanks for all of your support, everybody. The books are flying out the door. Uh, so we're looking forward to uh, see if we can hit that milestone. Ten thousand in the first six months would be pretty um, would be pretty cool. So, so come on, look, type into the chat. Let me know where you are. Um, I can uh, I can see everybody. I can see followers and and people watching on Facebook. So type into the chat. Let me know who you are, 
and where you're from. Let's have some fun. We'll have a little bit of interaction together this afternoon. So, yeah, it's been another wonderful week uh, here in Orlando. The media team continues to recruit. We are adding more people to the business. Um, what seems like nonstop, the agency team, the um, online marketing team continues to grow. Um, believe me when I tell you, I've never, ever, ever seen um, the, um, the the gold rush, if you like, that is happening right now on Google and Facebook. Um, it's the best I've ever seen it in over a decade of marketing on Google and Facebook. If you're not there, you must uh, make every effort to get there. Uh, you're watching this happen in waves as um, obviously vaccines start to take hold and more states begin to be released. Uh, the positive uh, view that people now have, uh, more and more patients are coming back into the fold, more and more patients are now not just searching online. And this is the big distinction we've watched. We work with over 80 clinics around the world and we haven't necessarily seen the search volumes go up. People have always been looking all the way through COVID. People have been Googling uh, back pain clinics, physical therapy clinics, uh, back pain exercises. The, the search um, volume has been consistent. But what's changing now is what we call the intent. People are actually clicking ads. They're clicking to call and they're getting the confidence back to get back into places like uh, physiotherapy clinics that obviously for uh, obvious reasons uh, they may have shied away from. So the positive news that is coming out because of the vaccine uh, rollouts in most of our countries is um, is there to take uh, full advantage of, if you like, from a you know from a business and commercial point of view. Make sure that you are ready. Um, if I can't find you, number one on Google, um, there's a problem. And if uh, you can't find yourself at number one on Google, uh, give me a call and um, my team will help you uh, get there. Google and Facebook, Bing and Instagram right now are um, really are flying. So um, so that's been going on in the in the, the agency team here in the media business. Polgar Physio Rooms continue to have a resurgence, a post-lockdown resurgence continues uh, at my clinic in the northeast of England. Uh, wonderful, wonderful job that the team are doing there. Um, we've had our, uh, I think I've recruited four members of staff back in that business in the last uh, six months through lockdown. So it's uh, wonderful to watch that team continue to grow. And the marketing that we started back in October uh, comes to fruition like everything. Uh, you've got to uh, plant your seeds, if you like, in winter if you want the summer to be uh, blooming. Uh, and the same thing is uh, with marketing. And that's my biggest fear for uh, people listening and watching. Um, if you're waiting and waiting and waiting and then you commit to starting your marketing when um, the government's finally uh, give you the green light to, to live your life again, uh, then I think you will regret it because it'll take you three to six months to fire back up, uh, uh, by which point somebody has probably already beaten you to it. I appreciate that it's a mindset thing, that it's a, um, that it's a, a certain type of person who thinks that way. Um, but that is ultimately what separates the successful from the not so successful. It's always a game that is played in your head, particularly uh, in business. Um, Elizabeth Warren might want to let you believe that the uh, the 1% are all evil and, and uh, are bastards and uh, don't deserve what they've got. And she might want you to believe that um, the rich should be outlawed from the world, probably if she was ever elected president. Um, but I can assure you the rich are rich for a reason because they think uh, a different way to uh, everybody else. And I, for one, I'm in full admiration of them. And um, I, I, I'm doing my best to, to, to get there in that, that, that crowd of people. I have no hesitation in telling you uh, that I'm trying to make my way to that, uh, to that crowd of people. And I'll be, uh, I'll be very proud to be there and uh, to have a, a Twitter spat with Elizabeth Warren 
uh, like Amazon did uh, this week uh, when she accused them of uh, not paying their fair share, even though they continue to add uh, however many uh, hundreds of you know thousands of jobs and hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, whichever way we look at it, in taxes that supports the economy. Um, and let's face it, those politicians, they just waste the money anyway. It doesn't matter how many tax rises those guys or, or folks are going to uh, slap on people in the next five or ten years. Uh, the government will just do what they always do, um, blow the damn thing, and none of us will see any benefit from it. And then they'll ask us for more money in five years and ten years and, and say that it's all the richest fault again. So um, in nearly 40 years of living, um, it, it's been the same cycle, and I'm fully expecting it to be the same cycle for the rest of my life. I just wish I'd woken up to it a little bit earlier, that it's um, it's a mess. It's a joke uh, how how these uh, politicians treat uh, business owners and, and um, just think that they can tax everybody uh, to uh, give them some money to, uh, to to play with, basically. So, But anyway, that's enough of, of uh, the, the, the politician uh, bashing. I, um, I do enjoy a good a good politician uh, bash. It's always it's always fun. But anyway, right. What do we got? Type into the chat on Facebook if you can see me um, and you can hear me. Who have we got? Uh, comment in below. Becky Lawson is watching. Becky, nice to see you. It's wonderful uh, to see you, Becky. Looking forward to seeing your uh, happy smile and face in a few weeks when I um, when I get back to England. The fun is over from the 15th of May, Becky. The, the boss is back. Um, you'll have to start doing some work again back there in England. Uh, you've had your, you've had your playtime for the last year. So what we're going to talk about, three things to get... Um, Three things I think that are needed. So I wrote this book um, through lockdown, as many people now know. Um, and in it, I set about writing about the things I've learned over the last uh, 15 years now from running businesses and uh, managing and employing people, as well as um, in three different fields. So I've got employees in my physio business. I've got staff in my media business and I've got staff in my property business now. So uh, and I've got staff in two different countries. I think that puts me in a very um, unique crowd of people, if you like, to be able to write about and comment on uh, leadership uh, with such a diverse view of um, the landscape from different countries and from different industries and fields. And here's what I can categorically tell you. It's exactly the same no matter what country you're in or what field you're in. doesn't matter what industry you're in, be it property, be it um uh, media, whether you're in uh, coaching, whether you are in uh, physical therapy, whether you're in chiropractic, it really does not matter uh, what you are uh, running a business in or what country you're in. The um, person and the dynamics and the interactions required to get the best from your people um, and get the best for them as well as from them is ultimately exactly the same. Now, in the book, in the first uh, six or seven chapters of the book, um, I talk more about leadership in life and ultimately what is required for leadership in life and how you get the best from uh, people. And much of what um, what I want to talk today is about the three things, these three ingredients that you're going to have to have if you want to get it right. And I think the first one is support. Not earth shattering, but it's support. Um, number one is support. If you're watching this, um, I can see many people. Eric, lovely to see you. Eric said he's reading this book in Charlotte. Again, good. Eric, I was up that part of the world recently in uh, Lake Norman, about 50 minutes northeast of Charlotte was where I was at. Uh, Susanna says, this book is amazing, should be a required reading for all that work with any team. Thank you. 
let's see if we can get it into the curriculum in PT schools. Um, I, I doubt it somehow. They're not ready for this way of thinking um, just yet. It's it's as if it's, there's a cruel irony to this world. It's like you have to, it's almost as if there's something that makes people think, let's put these people through pain and let's teach them a load of things that are irrelevant and we'll take loads of money off them for doing it. And then we let them figure out for themselves that all of the things that we taught them actually don't prepare them for the life that they want to lead, right? And again, that's took me nearly 40 years to figure out that these school systems are a complete joke as well, that they set us up to be taught things that actually have almost no relevance to us at all for the rest of our lives. And somehow this cycle keeps going on and on and on and on. But anyway, that's another conversation um, for another day. So if you're watching on Facebook, more and more people coming on, uh, share this out for me. You, you would be a, a hero of mine and I will be forever in your debt if you could share this video out to your um, to your network, to your friends. Um, and let's get more people joining this conversation. Um, and if you're listening on the podcast, this happens every Friday now around about two o'clock Eastern. So the first thing that they need is support. Um, in my world, supporting people means giving them the things that they need to be successful. Um, it isn't necessarily an emotional umbilical cord that they can plug into, right? It's not that type of support that actually usually decreases the trust and decreases the effectiveness of a, of a staff person where you're giving them the type of support where they feel like they have to plug into you and they have to check in with you and you have to be there for them and they want to offload everything onto you uh, every uh, day because they just can't cope with life basically right that's not the type of support that that's for a counselor right that's for like a shrink or a, a therapist right that's not for for bosses that's not for leadership right that's not what we should be doing um, support means that they've got the best equipment or resources and that they're trained appropriately and i think it's the latter that's most important that most times people are not trained they're given jobs they are um, uh, given a position a new role within a company and because the boss is often too busy there's no training there's no onboarding document there's no tools to use there isn't anything that that person can reference to do their job properly what there often is is a hr manual that's 10 years out of date um, not that i'm the, the best at those things i must admit but there's a hr manual that's out of date there's a quick tour of the premises there's the bathroom there's the kitchen uh, there's your seat there's the password for your computer anything else you need, ask Sally over there, right? That's kind of usually how it goes in most offices. And then we wonder why um, perennially uh, people struggle to do a job that actually most of the time they're probably very capable of doing significantly better than they're doing right now. I think there's such a lack of thought goes into ultimately what is um, our job as a boss and that's to help somebody be successful. Despite the the you know there's always a there's always a little bit of a battle that takes place between a boss and an employee uh, an employee right that there, there just is naturally we both have you know we both have if you like conflicting um we both have conflicting uh, uh interests an individual wants the best for themselves and i fully support that and the boss wants and needs to have the interests for the sake and the greater good of the company and as the business gets bigger it obviously gets more difficult to factor in the specific interests and needs of every individual in order to continue to grow the company um, reliably and safely. And so there's often friction and there's often a little tension and there's often egos develop and there's often a little bit of resentment and that's all perfectly normal and it gets um, more interesting 
uh, is the word as the companies get bigger. And that's certainly uh, been a first-hand experience that I've learned. But it doesn't necessarily detract from the thing that we should be doing as a boss, and that's ultimately setting somebody up to be successful. If people can call themselves successful, they're more likely to hang around with you. If people can call themselves successful and they are able to do their job um, in a way that they go home on a Friday and think, I was successful this week, I felt good, I felt competent, I felt as though I knew what I was doing, then they are significantly more likely to um, to stay with you in that relationship. So giving them support means giving them um, the appropriate tools, the resources, um, and the training that they need. Um, a thing that I often point out to business owners is that sometimes you fire somebody or you you immediately assume that somebody isn't capable of doing their job. And actually what they've got is a um, capacity issue. You're giving them too much work to do. So there's a difference between capacity and capabilities. And when you're looking at an employee, one of the things that you have to make a judgment on is this a capacity issue or a capability issue. Many times I'm, I am like guilty as sin, guilty as charged of giving my staff too much to do, right? That's a, that's a thing that I have. Like I, I know I'm guilty as shit for giving some of my staff too much to do. And therefore I have to be very careful that if things don't go as I would like, to naturally immediately assume that it's a capability issue. It could actually be a capacity issue. And you see this happening in physio clinics all the time where, and the classic example is a front desk guy or gal who is brought in to answer the phone and provide great customer service is now responsible for doing the marketing and doing the social media and sending the emails and making follow-up phone calls and um, reaching out to doctors. Ultimately, in the end, that person doesn't have a chance of being successful in their role, uh, not because they're not capable, because they don't have the capacity, they don't have the time or the bandwidth to be able to do it. So as you think about your employees, um, the first thing that they need for that relationship to be um, cemented and ultimately to get the best from them, they absolutely need a level of support that allows them to be successful. Have they got the best telephone equipment? Have they got the resources that they need? Have they got things like Infusionsoft? Have they got the software to make their jobs easier? Have they got the training? Have they got the videos to watch? Have they got the onboarding processes? And ultimately, have they got the, the time to do it? The second thing, the second thing I think that is the vital ingredient is respect, is respect. Um, everybody on your team is different. And as such, they must be treated differently. <gasps> oh, I've just said it. Treat people differently. I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive to what people are telling you today that everybody wants to be treated equally. Um, now, I firmly believe that everybody should be treated equally as human beings and with the same level of respect, 100%. But to suggest that we all want to be treated equally um, in the workplace with what we want and what our day needs to look like and what the salary should be and what the working environment needs to look like for that person, um, whoever uh, said that um, must have been drunk. Um, or is weak and um, is frightened of conflict because um, you cannot treat everybody the same simply because, and he here it is, shove this up your ass, politicians, um, we're not all the same, end of. So how can anybody be treated uh, the same? Now, we all want a fair um, crack at the whip and we all need to be treated uh, with respect and with manners and decency and um, a common sense approach to life applied to each of us equally. However, we do not want to be treated exactly the same all of the time 
because we all have very different needs um, and, and concerns. We all have different things that we consider to be more important than the next person. And I think it's the job of the uh, boss and the team at the, at, you know, in that office or in that business to figure out what those needs are, whether it's a change in working conditions or times or hours or vacations, you know, slightly more salary, but less vacation, slightly more vacation, less salary, um, change of working hours, locations. There's just endless amounts of things that need to be considered and it gets more complicated as the team gets bigger. But it's something that has to be um, factored in as the team um, grows. Treat people with respect, treat them fairly. And in doing that, you are treating them the same, but in a way that they need. It cannot be a one-size-all-fits-all uh, model ever. The minute that you try to do that, and I've learned from being a boss that if you ever shy away from making a decision in your company just because you're fearful of what somebody else might think and how it applies to them, um, you're about to start running a business where everything uh, has to fit into the same box, and that's not going to happen. It's going to happen in the first two or three members of staff, but the minute you get to 10, 20, 30, 40 members of uh, staff on a payroll, to try and treat them all the same with the same working hours and conditions. You apply the same level of discernment and judgment that looks at the overall situation and says, if I make this decision, it's not only simultaneously in the best interest of the individual, but it's also in the best interest of the company. And I think you have to apply and have the judgment, uh, sorry, the confidence to apply that level of discernment and uh, thinking um, to the business that needs courage. You need to have a, a a, a strong will and a set of balls if you like um in order to uh think like that because you will pee a few people off and you you will find that a few people aren't a hundred percent sure why you let somebody do one thing but they couldn't do another so and so got their way but they didn't get theirs that's all right that's all right i applied the same level of judgment and on the whole on the grand scheme of things i don't think that this was the right thing uh to, to do that's the way I, that's the way I see it. Um, be sensitive to people's individual needs. And that's the way I, I think I've certainly evolved over time. Um, I was very hot-headed and gung-ho in the early years of being a business owner that suggested that it had to be my way or the highway. And if it didn't fit into this perfect little box, then that person needed to leave. Uh, oh my, have I learned lessons on that over the last few years as my, uh, as my business uh, has grown. So, um, be uh be fair but be fair would be my you know would be my response to treat people with treat people with respect which doesn't necessarily mean saying yes all the time uh, much like my kids if you like if i if i say yes all the time i'm probably setting them up for a lifetime of failure because uh, that's not going to be uh, how it is in the real world um type into the chat thoughts so far so true so true we've got uh says eric type into the chat thoughts so far would love to take any questions as well um on it and number three um the most vital ingredient in the relationship trust trust is the most vital relationship in any uh commercial or even personal romantic relationship it's the glue that keeps all relationships together and yet a lack of it is one of the most common issues in the employee employer relationship but here's the thing i write about this in the book that i'm not 100 percent certain a lot of employee heirs will tell you that they don't trust the staff I think it's the other way around. I think that the employer doesn't trust him or herself. I think many of the underlying problems in a business is actually because the employer doesn't trust themselves to be able to cope with the consequences 
of an employee not doing the thing that the employer thought that they were going to do. And I think in that moment is where a lot of the um, the, the, the the kind of needle, the, uh, the, the awkward conversations, the lack of uh, trust, the um, micromanaging um, actually begins because the employer doesn't always know what is required in the role by the person that they've hired so they can never fully trust that the person will do it. Think about it. I think a big mistake that employers struggle with and carry with them forever, all the way through their business life, is they never truly understand the requirement of the role that they are hiring for. They know they need something doing. They know they want someone to do something. They know they need a position filling because the business feels busy right now, but they couldn't accurately describe it to you over and above, answer the phone, customer service, send some emails and treat the patients. And because of that, because of that, a fear and a doubt creeps in on behalf and on the part of the business owner who, should their back be turned, is immediately fearful that the person that they've employed isn't doing the job. And the fear and the angst increases because of that gap. There is a knowledge gap between what this person should be doing and what I need them to do or what I think they should be doing for me. Unless and until you fix that as a boss, that you truly master the role requirements and you sit down and write the scorecard, again, much of it is con is spoken about in this book, until you master the requirements of each individual's role, it becomes almost impossible for you to develop a level of trust because you'll never ever be able to uh, fully uh, allow that person to go off and do their job. How could you? Because you don't know what their job is. So I think the biggest level of mistrust is actually happening on the part of the employer. And that then not long after is being felt by the employee. The employee pretty soon starts to walk on eggshells because they don't know what their job is or what they should be doing. How can they? Because the employer doesn't know what the job is. And to wrap this all up, to conclude the madness, the very fact that the employer, the boss, doesn't know what the job requirements are means that they can't go and successfully recruit for it. Hence the endless procession of employee after employee who didn't work out. Are you following anybody? When you constantly have a string of people who you are unhappy with or dissatisfied with, with in your office, in the end, you've got to stop and say, this isn't them, this is me. And it's actually because I don't fully understand what I want this person to do. And if I don't understand what I want them to do, how can I write a job ad? How can I possibly put up a scorecard or an ad on Indeed that says, this is who I am looking for and this is the job you need to do for me. And once I know what the job is, the role requirements, then I can look at the skills. And if I know the skills, then I can actually successfully interview for those skills. It's making sense so far. So what you see is actually most of the source of a lack of trust, um, to wrap that up, comes from a failure to recruit properly. And a failure to recruit properly and hire somebody to do a job comes from a business owner's lack. Naivety, shall I call it? I'll be polite. Um, naivety comes from not knowing specifically what the role requirements are and then ultimately what skills are required to complete 
and fulfill that role, which means the trust is much more likely to be there, much more likely to be there. So I'm seeing a few comments. Um, how do we stop the madness? The madness gets stopped by a deep and profound understanding of specifically what you want that person to do. Obsess over it. Not at, not at the tactical granular level. Not at the send emails. Not at the answer the phone. Not at the customer service level. You've got to think above that. What are the role requirements? Provide world-class customer service that is so good that any client that comes into my office will want to return and tell 10 friends. That's what they do. That's what they really do. You've got to think at the level above because once you once you know that that's specifically what you want them to do, you can let them figure out how to do that. Rather than getting involved at the make them a cup of coffee and give them this thing and use their name when they come through the door and all of those things where immediately you move into a level of micromanaging that just frustrates people. When you get really super clear on the one, two, three, four, maximum five things that people are going to do for you at the strategic level, everything else becomes very, very clear to recruit for. Because if I know that, I can ask them about places they've worked in the past about customer service. Tell me what you did to retain customers. Tell me about lifelong relationships you set up with people. Tell me how, when you worked at your previous job, did you brighten people's day? Tell me about places that you shop that make you feel really, really good, that you admire for customer service. I can recruit now somebody who I'm very confident understands customer service and the idea that I want to create a customer for life. I don't care how you do it. I'm not even remotely interested what you're going to do. I just need you to know that I know that that is actually the job that you're hired to do over and above anything else. That's the type of thinking that we've got to get into interviews. And if you're looking for an operations manager or a general manager for your office and you're bringing somebody in who doesn't know how to recruit or isn't comfortable recruiting, well, you're going to have problems because that's one of their jobs. One of their jobs is to make sure that you have a permanent bench of people who are willing and able to step into any role at any time. Therefore, I have to then so uh, talk to people about their recruitment experience. And I need to possibly spend two hours talking about recruitment. Or if it's about developing key systems and processes, one of the first questions I might ask them is that their previous job, what were the two or three inefficient processes? How did they spot them? And what did they do to fix them? I'm able to, to kind of... Um, unravel their role because I understand what it is and then through questions discover whether or not that person knows how to do the job that I specifically want them to do and if I find that person then I'm much more likely to be able to let them do their job which increases the likelihood that the trust will be high and therefore that person will want to stay and do a good job uh, for me um, I mean I could talk on and on and on about about these things um, but the trust, the, the, the distrust comes from an insecurity from a business owner, is my thoughts on it. That there is lip service paid to what do they do? What do they really, really do for me? Do I really understand? Why do people shy away from hiring marketing people in our world, right? Let's face it. Why, why, do, why do physical therapy businesses not like hiring marketing people? Because they don't understand what marketers do. So they shy away, right? That's the reason that you'll see a PT clinic loaded with PTs, no marketing assistant. The, the owner of the business uh, if they get five hours a week, if they're lucky, 
might give lip service to marketing because they kind of know how to dabble with it. They don't really want to do it. They don't really know how to do it. They kind of know they should be doing it, so they go off and do it. So they do some marketing. It frustrates the life out of them, but it's not anywhere near as bad as hiring a marketing person who they wouldn't know how to manage. Why do they not like hiring bookkeepers? How many PT clinic owners do you know who are satisfied with their bookkeeper? Now, all these bookkeepers can be bad, right? It's just not possible. What's true is that the business owner doesn't know what to look for in a good bookkeeper or what they actually want, and therefore they can't spell it out to the bookkeeper. Therefore, the bookkeeper can't deliver it. Do you get it? Like, we don't understand what we want from the bookkeeper. Bad data in, bad data out. That's going on all day, every day with PT clinics all over the world. They can't and don't know how to get the best from the bookkeeper because they don't understand what they want from the bookkeeper. They can't and don't know how to hire a marketing person and be comfortable with it because they don't know what the marketing person does. They don't really like hiring a general manager, not because they don't want to pay. It's because they don't know how to manage a general manager. What are they comfortable with? Hiring a procession of PTs, PT assistants, PT, PT assistant, right? That's all they do. And what you end up uh, with is a business owner who dabbles with some marketing, moonlights as a manager, fights with the bookkeeper, doesn't have anybody in sales, asks the front desk girl who's great at customer service, but is dreadful at sales to do a job she doesn't like doing that inevitably 30 days later she quits because she doesn't want to do the sales. And then that gets passed off as somebody who doesn't support you or is a bad employee. No, no, she was a good employee. You just had her in the wrong role. And you had her in the wrong role because you didn't understand the requirements of the roles required of a successful business that is able to grow. Every business that I see that's struggling to grow, primarily it's because of that reason, that they fail to recruit because they fail to understand what the requirements are of the role. And they really don't understand that the business needs four legs. It needs a marketing leg, it needs a sales leg, it needs an operations leg, and it needs a finance leg. What I see is strong operations legs, business owner content to run the, the, the physio team and the admin team, keep them all in check. We know we need one of them. We had an admin when we were a student or when we worked for somebody else. We kind of know what they do. They file some paper, they shuffle some paper, they, they put pens away, they clean the desk and all whatever, right? That's the binary level, but I'm comfortable with that because I know that that's what that person did in my last job. So I'll just have them do that for me. However, there's so much more that that person can be doing for you. And I think that's a failure and that's where the uh, the issues crop up and that's where the trust issues uh, between an employee and an employer actually all um, come from as far as I can um, see it. The insecurities in the business owner um, come from that, that there is a failure to understand really the role requirement. And I think that is your number one job or certainly part of the, the you know building the team. The three jobs of a CEO, as I discuss in the book, what's the vision? Keep the goal, get the cash, don't run out of it and build the team. But it's not just about putting people onto the org chart. It's about building them as individuals as well and growing their capability um, as well. So so there we go. That's um, that's the review of chapter three. Um, let's see if we can get this to 10,000 copies sold. Um, let's go by July the 1st. Let's let, set a little target before July the 1st. We've got another three months to, uh, to do it. So uh, get your copy of the leadership book. It's on Amazon uh, with my other books, or you can head over to paulgoffbooks.com. Leave me uh, leave me a review on Amazon. I'd love it. Uh, I'd love you forever if you would um, if you would do that for me. Um, and if you do leave me a review on Amazon, make sure you email my office, paul at paulgoff.com. Uh, we have a little gift for anybody who does leave us 
a review on on Amazon. Of course, it, it, if it's a one star review, you can you can get lost. I'm not I'm not giving you the gift. But if it's a five star, anything above four and a half stars, I'll uh, I'll give you the gift. Um, but if it's a one star, you can you can naff off, right? Which is British for do one, um, basically. So yeah, so that's it. That's it. Any questions in the chat? Uh, nice to see so many of you uh, coming in. Say hello when you uh, do arrive. If you have a question, uh, I'll happy to answer it for you. Um, if not, we will be back next uh, Friday. Uh, next Friday, we'll do this all again. We'll go through chapter four. Uh, what's chapter four? What, do, what is it? It's been uh, that long since I wrote the book. Chapter four, how to inspire lasting change in your um, in your people. How to inspire lasting change in your um, people. And if you can figure that one out, let me know. Because <laughs> I made chapter four up. It just, it's kind of sounds good but i don't know if it's all true but we'll uh we'll have a go um does the gift value get better with the stars the gift gets better with age eric it gets better with age like you <laughs> when is the audio book coming out when i can be asked to do it <laughs> nathaniel i'd love to give you a more professional answer um but the audio book uh, will be out when I can be asked to do it. Um, when I get my ass off a sun lounger in, in by the pool, then I'll uh, I, I'm going soft in Florida. I'm going I'm going too soft. I just want to sit by the pool all weekend. Maybe I should just bring a microphone in uh, by the pool and just sit and sit and do my audio books. But um, I, at some point I'll get round to it. But I I'll be honest with you, as I say in the book, it's just not my priority at this at this moment in time. Uh, but at soon at some point it. Um, it, it it will be when when there's the ferocious knocking on the door of enough people who tell me that uh paul get in the 21st century everybody listens to audiobooks um then i may do it but you know what it is right here's actually the answer that i'm talking bullshit there so i'm gonna give you the truth right i just don't like audiobooks myself right so i just think that nobody else likes audiobooks right so i i just can't see why anybody would want to listen to an audiobook right and that's the truth we are all naturally gravitating to the things why do i write so many books because I love reading books. I devour books. I, I'm reading four different books right now. When I sit by the pool, if you could watch me by my pool on a weekend, I have four different books. At any one point, I'll read 10 pages of one, 10 of the next, 10 of the next, 10 of the next. And I'll go back to the book that I started with an hour ago, and I'll start it again. I just love it. I love reading books. So um, to me, I can't kind of understand why people listen to audiobooks. I, I just don't, I don't get it yet. But... Um, I'm often a bit slow to catch up with uh, these uh, trends. I'm a bit stuck in my ways occasionally, uh, hence why I need very good people around me telling me to uh, get in the 21st century. Paul. So there you go. I, I wish uh, I, I wish I could be more. Uh, I'll give you a better, more sophisticated answer, Nathaniel, other than I can't be asked right now. And um, I can't work out why everybody listens to, to audio books instead of reading. So there you go. What else? Um, need Monic Notes coming out. I have no idea what that is, Eric. I, I guess that's some app I suspect that people use to uh, to take notes from a book. Is it? Is that what it is? You should know me, Eric. I'm I'm still in the 1980s, literally. I still live in the, the days of Back to the Future and Top Gun. Um, all of this modern online technology stuff. Um, somebody else can have it. Like it's it's not for me. I can send an email. Um, I can send an email and I can press play on this thing that my team set up for me and. Um, That'll kind of do me um, for the next few years of my life until then. So, um, 
so there we go. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you all, as always, uh, wherever you are in the world. I hope you're well. Um, wonderful to be uh, staring at more and more places opening and more and more people getting vaccines, um, except if you're in Canada, that is. Um, God bless if you're there in Canada. Hopefully your government will sort that royal mess out very, very, uh, very, very quickly uh, for you guys. Um, so yeah, keep uh, keep listening. Thank you. We appreciate you. We'll go through chapter four next week. Uh, leave a comment in the chat below this video. And if you're listening back on the podcast, uh, be sure to leave me a review and head over to polgothbooks.com. You can get the book from me uh, direct. Uh, help a poor author out. It's always... It's, I always support other authors. I always support buying direct from the author, right? Help help a poor local author out if you could by heading over to polgoffbooks.com. Um, Jeff Bezos has enough money. You can get it off Amazon uh, faster, maybe it's a day, um, but I assure you it is worth waiting for. So support the local. I, I might start a campaign for support the author direct and you can support my, um, my fund at polgoffbooks.com. So there we go. Right, I'm off. I've got some work to do. I will uh I'll see you all again very soon. Thanks for watching. Have fun. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Paulgoff's audio experience. If you're brand new to Paul's world, head on over to Paul'smarketingbook.com where you can get started with his number one best-selling marketing book for physical therapists. Or if you've been listening to the show for a while, you like what you hear and you think that you could benefit from this type of help to accelerate the growth and profitability of your practice, reach out to Paul's team at paul at paulgoff.com and tell us exactly what you're looking for. And by the way, if you know someone who would benefit from today's show, please share it with them. And if you've got any questions that you want answered, tweet Paul at the Paul Goff using the hashtag AskPG. You can also find all of these details over in today's show notes. All right, until next time, have a wonderful day.